0: Blob Talk Radio Let's keep it real
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning, and God's grace and blessings to you all. As the song said, let's keep it real, hallelujah. Real talk, real issues, and that's what we are all about on the It's Real Show. We have a subject on today that we are really going to keep it real with. Um, it's a very sensitive subject, so we are are just going to start off the show first of all with a with a little disclaimer and a warning. That I don't believe this is a show that would be appropriate for small children to listen to. Um, So I want to start that off now so that if any of you are listening and you're on your computer or on a speakerphone and your children are around, I just don't think it's um, child-appropriate. Um, because it is a very, very sensitive topic that we're going to talk about on today, so you might want to just kind of fill away to a quiet place or call in on your phone where you can just listen and, and and you can still dialogue with us on your phone. But again, I just don't believe that the show is appropriate for small children. Today's topic is how child molestation and abuse affects us in our adult relationships. So again, as you can tell just from the topic, it's a sensitive um, area. It's one that's not talked about enough, especially in the church. Um, but we're going to dive into it today. We're going to dive into it, and we're going to keep it real. We're going to keep it really real. I would like to open up the show today with prayer because of the sensitive nature of the, the topic. Father God, we're giving you all the praise, the glory, and the honor Because you are just that You are our Father You are a good Father You are a Father that believes in healing our hearts and our spirits Lord God You are a Father that guides us and leads us and protects us And Father God, we're praying for healing on the line on today We're praying, Lord, that those that have experienced experience the hurt and the pain of molestation and abuse can be healed through some of the things that we talk yes, about today lord. or yes, it will yes, propel lord. them to seek counseling to also enable them to be healed oh lord god we're just thanking you hallelujah that you are ever mindful yes, of us no matter how Long it has been since the hurt and the pain was inflicted on us. Lord God, there are some that this is a fresh wound for. There are others that have lived with the pain and the hurt of this for 50 and 60 years, but yet still have never experienced healing. So, Father, we're just asking that you would come in the midst of this show today. Use us, oh Lord God, as your midwives to birth out healing in the lives of the people and we give you the praise, yes, the glory, Lord, and the honor, because we submit it all unto you, Father. It's all about you, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
2: Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Ah, Amen. 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 Welcome, 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 my people, my people. Hey, Tanya, how are you this morning? Hey, beautiful, how are you? I am awesomely blessed of the Lord, awesomely blessed of the Lord. And Mr. D.L. Henry. How I can't you complain if
2: need to, to. It, it ain't going to help nobody. Then again, who want to listen? So I'll be
1: up. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, we thank and praise God that you're both on the line with us this morning. We missed you last week, DL. I told Tam she got... had to brush up on her funny. <laughs> I
0: was trying. I was uh... trying, D. I was trying. I was, I was trying. But <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: well, that's all right. I'm here now. I'm here now, and I'm back.
1: Amen. 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 Well, we're glad. We're glad. Well, um, again, as I said at the top of the show, our topic today is one of a very sensitive nature, and it is that of child molestation and abuse and how that affects our adult life and our adult relationships. There are so many aspects of being abused as a child, there is the physical abuse, there is the mental abuse,
0: there is
1: um, the emotional abuse. And a lot of times we grow up and we've never healed from the different aspects that we have encountered as children. There are often times that I've I've encountered people that are 50, 60 years old and have never talked about it. You know, have never shared what wow. they went through as a child, and it has just stayed within them. And they can see, they can see the, the the devastation that it has had in their relationship, but they just never knew how to talk about it. They never knew how to share. Um, things have happened to them as as a child, and they were afraid to tell somebody at that time, or they may have been in your shoes, um, Tam, that you told and they didn't believe you. You know, there's so many different layers to this thing, and unfortunately, the body sweeps it under the rug, and we're here today to say, you know what, it's enough cover up. It is enough cover-up. It is time that we as a people experience the healing that God has readily available for us. And we can't do that if we're sweeping it under the rug, if we're trying to cover it up, if we let that defense mechanism rise up within us and, and harden our hearts so that we don't let anybody else in that could help us. And that's what happens. Yes. That, that is truly what happens. And then you get into a relationship. You grow up and you get into a relationship and there's mistrust. There's, there's um, not the ability to actually give yourself to that other person. There is not the ability to truly love because of that hard, callous heart you've developed because you grew up and you couldn't trust anybody in the midst of anything because of what happened to you. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the fact that um, it's not your fault. What happened to you was not your fault. And so many times we carry the guilt around within us and the shame, and we think we did something wrong. No, your abuser did something wrong. It wasn't you. You were the recipient of someone that had an evil spirit at work within them. And that's the bottom line. So it's not wow. your fault. And it's time to forgive yourself. And it's time to stop blaming everybody else for what that one individual did to you. Because that's another byproduct of it. That's another byproduct of it. So it, there's so, as I said, there's so many layers. We had hoped to have a, a guest on this morning that had experienced devastation in her life in that, that situation. But unfortunately, she's not. She she got right down to that final hour, and um, and decided that she she was having some other issues going on and couldn't call in. I believe the other issues are probably tied into this, and that's one of the reasons why she couldn't call in. And I understand that. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not, please hear me, and, and I pray that she's listening. Please hear me. This is not being held against you at all. You know, but what I would pray is that some healing could take place in your lives and in the lives of others that will tune into this show because of the openness that we're willing to have to discuss these issues. So, Tanya, I'm going to let you kind of open it up. Um, based on your experience, the experience of having your step-grandfather do what he did to you and then having someone not believe you when you tried to tell them and how that affected you as an adult in your relationship? Well, you know, the beginning um, was like 11 and uh, with my grandmother. And the saddest part about it is because this is the only man I ever knew as my grandfather. And... um, and and my sisters and my cousins and stuff as well. And when it was happening, it started off with him, you know, we used to come over there and, you know, and we'd give him a hug because that's how we show love to each other. We always embraced each other, you know. But he would be mm-hmm. the first to reach for us. And it was filling on our boobs and, you know, our buttons. you know what I'm saying, in inappropriate places. Well, when this started happening, I know for me, I really didn't know what to do at first. I thought, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? and But it kept happening. So then you start mm. avoiding not hugging them, you know, avoiding not kissing them on the cheek because you're trying to kiss them on the cheek and he's trying to kiss you in the mouth, you know. And mm. I remember my, my baby wow. and I, and I, you know, it, I hope it's okay for, you know, me to tell it. But, you know, being laying there, I never forget, I'm tied up our gowns because when we were growing up, we had to wear gowns. You, um, I'm talking to the audience out there with no underwear on because at the time where my grandmother was in church, she felt that that was inappropriate. But while we're sleeping, and children do, gowns are all up above the top of your head by in the morning, let alone sheets mm-hmm. and up. And i never forget, he would creep in through the back door at night, touching on us inappropriately. So I wanted to tell my grandmother, I just, but at the time, you know, everything you did as a child was, you stayed out of grown people's business. You didn't. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You were to be seen, not heard. And you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different morals of how we were raised. So as it began, you know, I remember saying, "I'm gonna stop this." And I bought. I literally got safety pins and pinned me and my sister's gowns up like pants and saying they won't slip up now. You know what I'm saying when we go to sleep tonight, and literally just hiding. But the blessing is, and how how it had to come out is. My grandmother was washing clothes and stuck herself with a pen and then started seeing all these pins in the gown asking why. I'm sitting there nervous as a child, wanting to tell her the truth, and I'm shaking because I thought, oh, my God, she's going to blame me. I felt like I was the blame. Why would this man just do this to me and be only? Do you see what I'm saying? So nobody's mm-hmm. saying anything. But at the time, you know, when it came out, you know, Elder and D.L., you guys, I was just, I was. replace it. And I never forget uh-huh. care the problem. Because now mm-hmm. you're moving me back, you calling my daddy up and saying, Come get her. Now my daddy talking to me crazy. Are oh, you letting some grown man lay on top of you? Well, at the age of twelve and your father saying this to you, that is devastating. But I need to really tell somebody, talk to somebody right now, in the name of Jesus. You have to know that God is a healer. You have yeah. to want to be healed from the inside out. I hurt people that I loved. I tore up people that wanted to love me and help me through it, and I treated people nice that wanted to keep sabotaging me. Hmm. People wanted to be around me, but when they came around me because of my personality, because I put up a facade, I act happy all the time, and I didn't want to express my sadness. And when you finally get around somebody that truly loves you, friends, family, whoever, then you begin to self-sabotage and get angry and speak anger to them, and you run them away. I've been married a couple of times and went out there. You'll know my story even more. But I want you to know something today at the age of 51 years old. God is a healer. I had to talk to my grandmother, and I'm glad before she left here because we began to talk about it, and she began to apologize to me. For what she didn't believe, but it was just not known back then, you guys. People were doing it all the time, but people just didn't talk about it. They swept it under the rug. Mm-hmm. But now God has made it available that there's so many people talking about it that you don't have to go in life unhealed. If you're mm-hmm. not listening to us, listen to someone that has gone mm-hmm. through the same thing. Because I'm transparent today because I need one to be healed It was after my grandfather It was my uncle Trying to come at me Tell me what you going to do Then you know they don't believe you What you said about Tom That's what you going to do Tell them Are we didn't get it We'll tell them it's not the truth Cousins laying on me People don't know your pain But I'm going to tell you something You live with your pain Because that's what you want to You deal with your pain Because you want to I use mine as an excuse sabotage. I use mine as an excuse so when something went wrong, I can say, well, I was molested when I was young. I was molested. But sooner or later, you're going to run out of excuses. Sooner or later, you're going to keep running into a brick wall. And sooner or later, you're going to look up when you fall down and you're going to know the same God is still the same God before, and he's a healer. And when you ask, and you ask him to heal you from the inside out, I guarantee you, you will begin to heal. Mm-hmm. It's just opening up your mouth and asking. Amen. Amen. That's a deep testimony, wow. sis. It, it, it's, it's, that's a deep testimony.
2: Wow. It
1: really is. Um, and we thank God that, that you're willing to be transparent with it. Um yeah, and for yeah. the soul for the sole purpose of healing in the lives of others, you know the, the things that you went through, and the as you said, you know you pushed people away, those that were really there to love you and to help you, you pushed away, and those that meant you no good, you pulled them even closer to you, you know that that is heard. Time and time again, over and over again in in abused people's lives. And, and unfortunately, there are times when abused children go up to become abusers themselves. You know, how yeah. often have you heard where a young boy was abused as a child, and as he got older, he started abusing other young boys? You know, I mean, yeah. different, there's so, like I said, there's so many layers to this. But again, our purpose today is we want to see healing. I was speaking to um a young man that I actually work with the other day and he was sharing his testimony and he was a child who was abused by a man in the church. And yeah. so here his mom wow. thought she was doing a good thing, sending him to church every Sunday, you know, and his abuser was in church.
0: Amen. You know,
1: so it's, and, it's and it and it was board. like how did you yeah. tell and he said he never told You know, at that time, he's now a grown man, and and he did the same thing you did, the same thing all of us did. Let me me just say this. Let me say this. Um, When you encounter something like that as a child, there are spiritual things that happen within you and around you. Yes. Because it's an evil spirit in the person that does that to you. And it opens up the door for all kind of other evils and, and other evil spirits to become familiar with you. And 90% yeah. of those that encounter that wind up going out into the world and becoming extremely promiscuous, extremely yeah. so. They have low yeah. self-esteem. They're out there because they feel that their self-worth has been taken from them or or they go to the flip side and they in their self-worth to where, well, nobody's good enough for me because, you know, I'm going to put myself up there since somebody else devalued me. And there's got to be a balance. There's got to be a coming together and a rising up in your spirit so that you understand the evil spirits that have attached themselves to you because of what you went through. I experienced it the first time as a six-year-old little girl to have a a teenage girl fondle me, okay, at six years old. Yeah. And this was somebody that, that my thing. mother trusted and sent me, you know, to, to the YMCA, okay, just, you know, to have fun, okay. And then the yeah. next time I experienced it was with my uncle or my step-uncle, you know, my, my, my auntie's husband, who really turned out to be whatever, whatever. But at that same, you know, in that same vein, when it happened to me with my uncle and I was nine, I didn't tell my mom. And it wasn't because no. of the fear of not being believed. It was the fear of my father had died and my mother was crazy. And I knew if I told her, this is the honest to God truth, in my mind, if I told my mother what my uncle did, then I wouldn't have either parent because she'd kill him. She sure would have. So, okay. so what do you was do? So you carry that. Your... My, mother, my mother died when I was 27 years old. I never, ever told her, ever.
0: Wow.
1: Okay? And that was something that I carried inside of me, never shared. But it's because, like I said, you know, there there's so many different layers there and for so many different reasons. Either you're afraid to share or you're afraid, you know, because you you don't want to yes. lose your parent or whatever or you're afraid that they really yes. wouldn't believe you. You know That's what I'm saying? Truth. So the there's yes. got to be there's got to be a place where you can go and, and mm, this is what grieves my heart so badly is you feel like you should be able to go to the church but half the time the abusers are in the church. Yeah. Wow. So so yes. where do you go? Amen. What do you do? You know what do you, what, do? Do you do? what do you do? Yes. You know? And you know it's you, the and then yes. Yes. And, Yeah, and yes. then but then and this is another sad part. Then you start looking at God crazy. Because so it's like, How you let me go through this? What is going on? Many, many years. Yes I did. Yes I did. I thank the Lord think, and I have to be bold enough to say that. I was I told the Lord I am angry at you <laughs> that you would allow someone to hurt me like that. And I told the Lord, you "You didn't love me to allow me to hurt like that. And Mm -hmm. I began to do things in my life, showing the Lord that I didn't appreciate it. And that became the role of abusive men and telling me, that they wouldn't have hit me if I didn't deserve it. And then again, wow. you got to know something. It won't stop if you don't stop. It will continue yeah. to grow. It's what the enemy uses to against you to tear you down. When, when in reality, I realize now that that happened to me to make turn me inside out so I can know who I was. Not for somebody to tell me, but for God to show me just how strong I really was. See, if it's not that, it's something else. It's going to be something in your life to tear you down. If it's not Mm. a molestation, it can be verbal abuse or physical abuse or however it is, cutting yourself or however it is. You have to know that that is a Spirit that was planted In your life To tear your life apart Because if the enemy didn't know How valuable you were He would not touch you In such a way He would not cause things To come around you in such a way And I believe It's like Joe These things happen to you But did God allow the enemy to touch the hair of your head He didn't take you out so if you were not taken out by this situation, then God can still. It's not too late to be glorified in the situation, and that is forgiving yourself first, because you did not cause this. You cannot help that someone was sick, sick in the mind or however. Because I will mm-hmm. tell you this, that, that stems from something. He did not just get that spirit. That spirit came from some up uh, someplace else in his life. So what I'm saying is. In order for you to move on, because we can't get the person that hurts you. But to me now, I feel the best revenge is living with It's when people have done such a thing in your life that when you begin to still hold your head up and say that this is just a phase in my life that has hurt me. He may have taken your body, but he did not take your soul. He may not. It may have taken that very thing that we call a jewel, but let's be really in reality. Sometimes we have given away for cheaper than that. So we have to be able to grasp it all, but it does take a stage of allowing someone to help you and to get you through it and understand that it's not okay. I'm not saying it's okay, but how to move on from it amen amen so d l as a as a man yeah. um and I'm sure you've encountered stuff on maybe on the flip side of of these situations what advice can you give to to someone that's in the midst of a relationship with someone that's going through this that's going through the trust issues that you know they feel that they can't trust the person that they're with, even though they have quote-unquote, committed themselves to that person, but they feel that they can't trust that person, or or it's not a true commitment because they're not giving of themselves to the relationship. How, how do you get past that? How do you deal with that in the midst of a relationship?
2: You, you know, um, I, I sat here um, and I listened to Tanya, which was uh, very uplifting uh, for me. I, now, I can't imagine I can't even imagine what uh, anybody that's been through that because I have not been a victim of of being molested in in any way um but I did marry someone that was uh molested um in in that way, and so just through Tanya's testimony then um I'm understanding even more uh because even though you know. Something about someone you don't know the depths of it, and mm-hmm. so it is. It has been truly difficult because, from a person on the outside, not knowing what a person has been dealing with on the inside, it's almost like a silent cry of a fish. You know, they're crying, mm-hmm. but you can't hear them. Especially if the, wow. the temperature is up. And
0: that's so
2: that's me. that's that's how you know uh, I feel. At times, you know, with my wife, I feel like uh, she's in a fish tank and um, the water is hot, but she can't communicate the water's hot. So Mm -hmm. she's dying, and in effect, it is affecting me uh, as a person because I don't understand it. I hear what you went through, but I did not go through that. So I don't understand. So you're looking at this person as if, why don't you love me this way or why don't you communicate this way? And the truth of the matter is to answer your question, Colette, all you can do is love a person through their process if they give you an give opportunity.
0: Your- and yeah. so
2: that's the stand that I've I, I really taken. You know, and it's wrong. at times you get frustrated. You want them to go and do whatever it is that they want to do, but you realize, too, that there's something more going on there because, like I I I say to my wife, if something has been good for you, why get rid of it? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Hmm. But in their mind, with whatever what what they're dealing with, is like, well, I need to be by myself in order to do um, a certain thing for myself. But I'm convinced that none of us do this thing by ourselves. There's something or someone that helps us to get past this. I think that when you go that way, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it, I think that's what we call self-destruction. And so yes. the bottom line is yes. that it's tough when you love someone and you see them going on a self-destructive path. I, honestly, I feel hopeless at times because I don't know what to do. And so I'm just being real with you. I wish I had the answer, but from the person on the outside never dealing with the molestation and abuse. I can't phantom... What they're dealing with in their mind and what it takes for them to come out of that. So, Tanya, maybe you can help uh, with how you were able to get past that. And, uh, you know, when you said that, how you push people away uh, that love you and people that were bad for you, how you gravitated to them. Um, And my thing is, I have to honestly say that really enlightened me and opened my eyes to some things. God bless you for being so just real and transparent.
1: I just want to say, Dee, when you were speaking just a minute ago, you know, the Holy Spirit began to speak through me for you to say this to you. The reason why you're in that situation right now is because God said that he has already empowered you, empty, poured enough love and understanding for you to deal with this. And you have to understand what's so real about what I'm saying to you right now. I remember, Elder Collette, and if you don't mind me just saying this, I'm not just saying it because of Elder Collette, but I went through a period in my life where all this was trickling and rolling in, and between her and my niece, her daughter, just loving me, embracing me, I remember Elder Collette picking me up like a baby, putting me on her lap, and allowing me, rocking me, when the sunset was coming up, I'll never forget, because of the hurt was so bad. And she kept saying to me, I don't care what you do, baby girl. I love you. Now, I know through the pathways it can get quite frustrating. It will. And you do want to give up. But we need to know, and this is what I'm trying to tell you right now, because I have such an awesome husband. I'm saying this sincerely because you need to know that somebody loves you no matter what. And what I believe she's crying out for is she needs someone to stand in the gap for her. And she doesn't know how to tell you to stand. And she's scared to ask because she's in this turmoil and she doesn't know how to get out. But God said, your love, It's the same love that he gave for us, that he poured out to us. That same undying love is going to be able to repair this breach. It's not going to be an easy road, but God said it will not go unrewarded if Hmm. you hang in there. And that's what somebody needs to know right now. I was in my marriage. I took my marriage, March should be three years, and I still... Believe it or not Still had a little bit of that grasp Of that self-righteous attitude Of still saying Well whatever If you don't like it Then I'll leave And that's that that wall That I had thrown up For so many years Until finally he had to tell me I don't care about your wall I'll be willing to kick them all down And I I love you And I'm not going anywhere And I was like what? (laughs) Hold up a minute So what I'm saying is I'm praying through this and to really ask God to enlighten you even more because it's not an easy task, but I will tell you this. There's a lot of good women out there that have been burned and hurt to the core. And it's amazing to me because they're not shining like the diamonds with the hips lips and the fingertips. They look dull and worn out, but this just take that right person, that with that right buffer, with that right yeah. man of God, with that right stand, with that right purpose, that with through the power of God can bust that back up, and you will truly see the diamond that she is.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. that
1: is so real. That is so real. Well, uh, I, I just would kind of like to encourage right now anybody that is listening. Um, that is walking through, even what you're walking through, DL, and, and they have somebody that they truly love, but they're at their wit's end. They don't know, you know, they're kind of like, how do I love them? You know, they won't let me love them. Right. I want to love them, and they won't let me love them. Is I'm gonna give you the same advice that my, that God gave me with my husband, and it wasn't in the, in a matter of because he had been molested or whatever. It was just in a very very bad period in time of our marriage, and he just kept telling me just love them through. Just let them through. And I did not quite understand it back then. But listening to to what Tam is telling telling you right now, DL, and what Mm -hmm. so many, what I've heard before is when you truly love somebody, this is what God does for us. When you truly love somebody, you love them through the hurt. You love them through the pain. You love them through them pushing you away. You continue to stand and love them no matter what. That is unconditional love. That is unconditional unconditional love. love. And to that one, to that one that you're in that position, you were the one that was molested and you don't know how to let somebody in to love you, you just have to do it. It's like what Nike said, just do it. There has to come a time when you get to a place that you, you, you let, Somebody loves you. I'm not, please hear me. Please hear my heart. You don't let somebody take advantage of you. You don't let somebody walk all over you, but you let somebody love you. Somebody who has stood the test of time, and you see that they truly love you. I had such a cold, callous heart when my husband was trying to get at me that it was like I could care less what he said. It made no difference to me. Okay. Right. I, one of my defense mechanisms were, you know, people could come, male, men could come and give me all of these compliments and accolades, and I look at them like they had doo doo on them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And they would look at me like, okay, I'm trying to be nice to you. I didn't care. I didn't care. Because to me, you're trying to be nice to me, was you trying to get at me in a way that I didn't want you to. So it yes. meant yes. nothing. Your compliments meant nothing. Okay, and there's yes, so many yes. that are in that place. So I wanna say to you, there has to get to a place and you guys I, hear me, hear me. Please try them. Okay. Try them by the spirit of God. Make sure that there's someone that really sincerely loves you and when you are true, when you're sincere and you can see that because God will open that up to you. You can see that they don't have an ulterior motive, like Jerry told Tanya, that there was not, I don't care what walls you have. You know, when when they came together, and Tanya, I'm going to tell you this, I had the awesome privilege of marrying them. But my conversation with them prior to the marriage, I had to look at them and say, thank you for loving my sister, because I could see that this is somebody that truly loves her. Well, and I said, I, go
0: ahead.
2: I I, wanted to say this, though, to, to both of you, being on the outside looking in, you know, I understand the walls and things of that nature, but you know, what happens, you know, you love them through their process, but when they're saying, or they're saying, you know, I don't want to be married, I don't want to be with you, I mean, what is it that
1: you can do?
0: You know? Sometimes you yeah, have you.
1: to step back and love from a distance, DL, but you just okay. don't shut the door. Because, you know, you are the man of God. You are the king and the high priest of your home. So sometimes you have to step back and love from a distance, but you never start that, stop that prayer vigil. You never stop seeking God for, for your marriage, and you allow him to tell you how to handle it and to walk it through. Why? Because each one of us are individuals. So what it took for yes. Tanya may take something different for your wife. Because she's an and individual, and you but I promise right. you, I promise right. you, if God called you to her, He will show you and teach you how to love her through it. Yes, yes. And you and can I say something real quick, Elder? And to tell you, Dee, and just to speak, I'm I'm praying and hoping some men are listening. See, it's a daddy issue. See, when we have fathers, when we're when we're little girls, we look up to them like they're great. Because that's how I looked at my real father. And my father was like Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And that's the real. Mm. But I remember telling somebody one time, ooh, my daddy was never around. He came in, he went out, but I still loved him so. I was more of a mama's girl. I didn't really care if my daddy loved me a lot. I just cared if my mama did. And that's another story, another time, a different day. But to say to you that when you look up to your father," He's supposed to be this great man in your eyes. And when he deceives you and takes something from you, and that's your trust, then you got to understand that that trust has to be rebuilt. So what's happening mm-hmm. now is, see, she's looking to you like her husband, but she's battling seeing her father. Let me say that again to you. See, she's mm-hmm. looking to you like your husband, but she's battling against you like her father. And how do you do this? How do I do this then, Tanya? I hear you saying this, just like what Elder said. See, that's when we talked about last week about getting in that prayer closet, finding that time alone, dating and courting her again. Maybe you need to just step back and just start courting her. Maybe it'll be good and start giving her flowers and just saying, I'm just a card and just courting her again, building that love up where there, where maybe you already have, but I know it sounds crazy to men out there, but it's nothing wrong. We women love to be wooed by our men. Now we might say don't we don't like it because we become desensitized and we realize as we get older some things just don't matter. But there is just nothing more than to be wooed by a man that says he loves you. Some kind of a way. And so maybe that's what a lot of men have to do right now if it's worth it. Sometimes you have to back up like that movie Fireproof, and and, and court your wife again. Start it back off at the at the ground again. Just start wooing her and swooping her like you did when you first met her. And I don't Amen. know, but I just feel it in my spirit like you did when you first met her. You wanted her. You wanted her, and you was going to get her. That smile you got, I seen it. Shut up talking to me. All that. That's funny. You know, what I'm saying? you know, you were telling the jokes and trying to pop that thing around her, and God said that's what she fell in love with—your wittiness, your your ability to make her laugh when she wanted to cry. So maybe
0: I'm just saying,
1: maybe D, maybe God will give you a way to turn this thing around and woo her like you did when you first met her. Because, mm. see, what happens is when we get married, I'm going to tell everybody right now, we forget the woo. Problems, bills, and everything get to coming up, and the wooing is out the window, and, and it's reality back on. But right now, mm. something tells me that your Cinderella, she lost her glass slipper, and she needs you to find it and put it back on.
2: Wow. Well, right, cool. she done got deep on me. Lord, help her. drop the mic, can you? <laughs> Lord Jesus, drop we, the um, mic.
1: We have several callers on the line. I just want to remind you guys that this really is an interactive show. If any of you have any questions, comments you want to make, please press 1. I'll be happy to pull you into the show. Also, if you're in the chat room, if you just want to put your question up or comment or whatever, we'll address it. Um, Because we really want you to be a part of the show, seriously. Um, We understand that it's a deep topic. But... um, well, okay, instantly. <laughs> Hold on one second. Um, I have a caller on the line. Your um, area code is seven zero two, and the first three numbers of your num of your phone is five one zero. You're live on the show.
0: Yes. Hi, my name is Cheryl, and I'm calling from Las Vegas, Nevada. And I've been listening to you guys. And Tam is my sister, my prayer warrior, my prayer sister. We've been friends for years. And I'm listening to some things that I didn't know, but I'm also listening to some things that have happened to me that I've never told anybody. And I just felt that. Um, it wasn't about my father. It was about my cousin. And um, he was taken into our home. It was raised by my mother and my father. just like my brother. And he molested me. And I thought as a little girl, when he would come to me and tell me, that we were gonna play and whatever else. That this was a game that he was playing. That he really wasn't gonna hurt me. But I guess in reality, he really did. I grew up and I kind of put it on the background, put it in the back of my mind, and never thought anymore about it. As we got older, sometimes I think about it. I go to church with him right now. I see his, I see his face, but I learned. As a child of God, that I had to forgive him. And I'm wondering, did I forgive him? Have I forgiven him? Or do I still have that hurt within me? I never told my father because I knew, and I heard you guys say that my father would have killed him. Hmm. And my mother. I'm I'm a daddy's girl. I'm my father's oldest daughter, but I'm also my father's baby. He has eight other children. But if I cry... Just to keep my eyes watered up, my father would go ballistic. Um, I also felt that, um, why would he do this to me? My brother was there. My brother has always been my protector. And there were times that I felt that my brother kind of knew. And when he came to me and asked me to keep my brother from doing something to him, I would say, Oh, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm okay. Even today, was to kill my brother. Would happen. He would go right now and kill him. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I can I am not I'm not I know I am wondering within myself, did have I forgiven him? Did I forgive him and I asked God to allow me to forgive him so that he can forgive me. And that I can move on with my life. Um, amen. Through our but honey, it's uh, not your fault.
2: But it's not your fault. Yes. And and, yes. and 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 I want and I want to say that you said that for God to forgive you. That's not your fault. Uh, sometimes when things like this happen, I see that that the victim will take responsibility, but that's not your fault in any way.
1: Yes. That, no, it's that not. Is a no it's not. Yes. That's what I said earlier, and this is. And what Cheryl's telling you is we've been friends for years, but do you know this is the first time Cheryl ever shared this? And we've been friends for years. Wow. So this is a breakthrough. This is a breakthrough, and this is what this show is about. This is a friend that I've been knowing literally for 25 years, and I've never known this. But this is a breakthrough for God to let you know, for someone to let you know that we all go, we've gone through something. We have all gone through something, but through talking about it, and being a little more transparent with each other, we can get each other through the pain. We can get each other past the pain. And I love you, Cheryl, you know, for calling and just sharing that, because I promise you, 25 years, she's never shared that with me. This is my first time ever hearing this. Um,
0: Again, my mother's brother. I mean, I was never illustrated sexually, but the fondling, the the, and I guess it is a form of molestation. And when you think it about is, it, it exactly takes your innocence
1: away from you when you are touched in right. an inappropriate manner as a child. It takes your innocence from you, so it is molestation.
0: Exactly, yes, and is. now it is. My my uncle did the same thing to me, and I grew up as we grew up. I knew he was my uncle, but I always as I got older I kept a distance from him. And mm-hmm. whenever we would play or he was around, even still, I mean, he can walk by me but I'll move back because I don't want him to touch me.
2: Mhm.
0: And throughout life, whenever it whenever we were kids, we were at my grandma's I always slept in my grandma's room because you know, when we were kids and all of us were in one house and we may all slept in the room. My grandma had bunk beds or whatever he would try to find a way, and I would just, I would lay there at night in fear because I didn't want my grandmother would say, "Who's making noise? Over? What do you guys do? You better go to sleep." So I would lay there and play it, pretend that I was asleep, so that we wouldn't get in trouble for making noise. But in my mind, the next morning when I got up and I looked at him, I wanted to, I wanted to literally kill him. That's what my thought was. I'm gonna take some I'm gonna
1: stick, stick him. So Cheryl, stick let me, let me ask him. you a question, Cheryl. Now you're you're an adult, how has what you encountered as a child affected your relationship as an adult?
0: My relationship as an adult, I um I found that um I always I don't know if it really be affected my, it, it it affected me how I don't know because when I was married, I found that I was always, I guess, just looking for somebody to love me. It didn't matter who it was. that as I felt that I was loved. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess yes. um, I've been where Tim was. I was out there in the streets. I was with a guy, an older guy, you know. Uh, he he was a pimp. He had a lot of women. And, you know, we did a lot of things. And I made a lot of money and took the money and whatever else but I. Felt because I lived a good life, and 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 things took care of me. That that was okay, you know. Yep, I had the happened. birds, the diamonds, the cars, the money, the, the whole nine, all of that. But inside, but you were going to putting yourself
1: out there. You know, you no. put yourself out there. See? You know, but what I'm trying to say is, we don't realize that we try to show them love, so we go out there. And we turn tricks or we do whatever trying to show them that we love them. Because what happens when we become molested, we misconstrue love and sex. And they're two totally different things. There's really, people got to know that right now. Love and sex are two totally different things. So sometimes as a woman, we rationalize in ourselves that as we sleep with a man, it don't matter if it's good or not, that he loves us. And this is not love. I have to tell women out there, this is, this is extorted. That's not love. But like what Elder was talking about earlier, Colette, and, and what we were talking and what D.L. was trying to understand is, it's that unconditional love. And for this to come up, I didn't mean to cut you short, Cheryl, because I know we don't have a lot of time, mm-hmm. but just to say this, for God to bring this to the forefront, for you to be listening, and for you, for your your, your tears, God said he's washing it right now. He's washing all your hurt away
0: mm-hmm. So I guess when I When I did get married Ted um, was there I was getting married <laughs> The funny thing is that she told me then Cheryl, don't marry him This is not your husband But I thought because he said, well, we're going to get married, that this man really loves me, and we were going to get married, and we got married. Dan was there in my wedding. We got married, and she told me this the day I was getting married, and I told her, I said, him, why don't you tell me this on the day that I'm getting married? But when I think about it, in a sense, kind of deep down inside, I kind of knew something wasn't right, but because nobody else had asked me, or I had never... Nobody was there to marry me, and he was the first one to come along and say, well, okay, we're going to get married. Wow. Why well, pass up this opportunity? I can't. I'm going to marry this man. And I did. Switching the subject, just talking to my husband and how things happen, and when you're there for somebody you love somebody, I was there with this man. Hello? Yeah, where are you? Hello? And, um, Hello? I thought I'm thought and i here, and I thought that he really loved me, and we were together for a period of, uh, of what, we were married eight years. We had been together 13 years. Um, I talked to him about this all the time. This man, he walked off, he left me. He went to work one night, and he never came back home. I was crushed spiritually, emotionally, physically. My whole being was just hurt because... I felt that I uh, now I'm going to be a mother, I'm going to be a wife like my mom was. I mean, she took care of home. When he came home, food was done. I made a house. I worked. I cared for my husband. This was going to be my husband, and I was going to make my marriage last because out of all the things that I had been through and with the other guys and whatever else, I was going to be a good wife, and I was going to have a marriage, and it was going to be based on old-fashioned values and the things that a wife should do for a husband. And when he walked off and left me, my whole world just literally fell apart. For for a whole year, I cried. For two years, me and Karen prayed and talked on the phone while she was in Arizona and I was here. And but do you think he, years, Can I ask you a question? Yes.
1: I, I just want to ask you a quick question. Please forgive me and what Elikod was asking me. Do you think that you would have went through that long period with somebody that really didn't offer you anything if you were not what happened to you when you were young. Do you feel like now that you look back on your life that you because of what happened to you when you were young you wind up carrying it into your adulthood? Yep.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: And that's the point. See that's that, that's, that's what exactly what we're, what we're saying. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, exactly what we're saying that it, it exactly. carries exactly. what we experience as a child What we experience as a child, it carries into our adult relationships, And that's why it is so vitally important to get help, to get counseling. It it could be counseling just between you and God. I mean, but sometimes you need physical, um, professional counseling to get past it. Um, God Uh is the ultimate healer. We know that without a doubt. God is the ultimate healer. He is the one that will restore your self-esteem. He is the one that will cleanse you inside. Tam says something really, really vital. And she says she always thought she was so dirty. She would just scrub herself. And that's how most of us felt at the time. But God can do a scrubbing on the inside. So we've got to get to a place no matter if it happened yesterday or 50 years ago. We have to get to that place where we allow the spirit of the living God to come within our heart, to come within our spirit, and to cleanse us from the inside
0: out so inside that we cleanse out. our
1: mind, yes. cleanse our emotions, yes. so that we're not punishing the wrong person for what was done to us, yes. and so that we are allowed to love, so we are allowed to have yes. a relationship. The thing that D.L. is talking about that he's going through right now is is a place that, that he had gotten to where there is he's no longer... His, in his relationship, I believe, and this is me, and, and Cheryl, I'll I silenced you just for a minute because you have background noise, but I believe that, that his wife is at a place where she doesn't feel she's worthy of a long-time relationship. So whatever she does, it is to sabotage that that is good. And so many times when a person goes through that, goes through um, the, the pain and the hurt of that, that innocence being ripped from them. Okay, that they don't even sometimes know what they're doing, but anytime no. something gets to a place where it feels it could be right or it could be good, they will instantly do something to sabotage it so then they can say, see, I knew it wasn't going to work. They don't even understand what they're doing within themselves, seriously. So that's are so saying they don't understand what they're doing? doing? No, they really don't. No, they no, really, really don't. really don't. And oh, I know wow. it, But no, as you, you really said, don't. it's hard for you to be on the outside looking in to think, how could she not know what she's doing? She really doesn't. It, it becomes a defense mechanism that if I cause it to end before this person is allowed to do something at me again, then I'm on top, then I'm one.
0: Exactly. Because I didn't allow him not, to
1: hurt me right. like somebody else has hurt me in the past. And and it becomes like just a retroactive thing, and it will go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And as Tanya was saying, it takes that one person to take that stand and say, you know what, I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you sabotage what God has brought together. He said what he has joined together, let no man put asunder.
0: So you I have understand. to get to that place
1: in the relationship right. where it's like, you know what, baby? I see what you're doing. You may not understand what you're doing. For you, it's just right. hat. Overha- it's just repetition. You're just doing what comes natural. Because right. you're so used and to it, not working. She can sense it, though. What I'm trying to say is, I love D that you were transparent enough to say, I, I don't, I don't understand that. and that's deep. And if more men would say that, then we can get to the bottom of it. But a lot of times men don't say that because men are not known to really express themselves in such a deep way. We as women, we're more intimate, more structural designed, and we're more emotional. So our emotions come out in different ways. But better bet this, if you don't think you understand, don't you know that she knows that you don't? So if she knows that you don't understand, then how can she come to you with what's going on? So you have to put yourself in a position. And what I'm saying is this. I tell people this. Everything that I go through in my life, and I know we're wrapping up time, but everything I go through in my life right now, I don't. I used to say, how can a person? Now I look, and I turn myself inside out, and I say, okay, I know why a person snapped and did that. I, I can see how. Because you have to know that even though you've never been through it, but you still have to be able to have an understanding. That's your work is you love her. I'm just saying. I know that you do. To turn yourself inside out to try to understand because she senses that you don't understand. That's why she's running the other way. Wow. We have to get to That's that wow. place. Yeah, it, it you know what, that's why I said for in your position and anybody that's listening to us, if you're walking through the pain of someone we got ninety seconds, boy the time has gone fast. But if you're walking through oh the pain of what has gone on in your spouse's life and you're not quite sure how to handle it, Got to get before God and say, Lord, give me the insight of how to do this, how to love them through this situation, be it in the middle of it or from a distance, but show me how to get them past this point. Because as as Ryan Courtney Wilson's song says, she's worth it. She's worth fighting for. Her soul is worth fighting for. Her heart is worth fighting for. Yes. Okay, she and it, it takes somebody to dig her. in and say, "You know what? I, I, I'm not leaving. I'm going. I'm I'm here for the long haul. So we're we gonna get through this. Be it right now, maybe they, even the word of God tell you. Sometimes you have to separate for a time, for a time. Mm-hmm. Okay, but at that same time, you're before the face of God, saying, "God, show me, show me how to love her as you would love her." Because your love is unconditional and it never fails. It never fails. The same pursuit you gave. Exactly. We like to know that the same pursuit that y'all went after to get us, when you was looking at from the backside, we want to know that that's the same love when you marry us, that you don't stop fighting, that you don't stop trying. And she'll come through. Watch and see. Amen. Amen. Well, we are down to the you. end of the show. What a, This has been phenomenal. Um, I, we're praying our prayer just as Cheryl called in and, and stated that she had never shared this, and, and we're believing God for your healing, Cheryl, because you shared it. I believe that yes. that's a, a, a place yes. of healing because you were able to yes, open yourself is. up and, and to share your tears and to share. We're believing God for a complete healing and restoration of your heart so that when you look at this individual, you don't have to wonder, did you really forgive and you know you've forgiven them and moved on in life and moved on in God. Amen. In God. Amen. That is our prayer for all Amen. of our listeners that are tuned in, even the live ones and those that will go back to the archives. We encourage you. Invite your friends, especially if you know somebody that's walking through what we've talked about, invite them to listen to the archive show. We are believing God that it will touch their hearts and their spirits so that they can get beyond what has kept them in bondage. God never meant for his children to be held captive and in bondage for things that have happened in their past. He believes he will Amen. heal he, and will Amen. propel you for it. And what is to come is so much greater than what has been. So we give God the glory and the honor for the show on today. Thank you to my beautiful, beautiful co-host, Miss Miz. Ms. We Ms. love Ms. you. Tanya Roberts and Mr. D.L.
0: Henry. Thank you We so love you, man. We, love we, look
1: forward. we look forward to joining you again next week. We're going to have another dynamic show on It's Real. Real talk, real issues. God bless you all. Have an awesome day. God bless you.
0: Let's keep it real